We are on Yevamos, Alam and Gimel, Amad Aleph, 33A1 in the Archical Gemara. The Gemara is in the middle of an interesting discussion about the concept of Ein Isser Chal Al Isser. Uh, that if there's already a pre-existing prohibition within this relationship uh, or within this activity, this item, uh, so then a second prohibition, according to some opinions, uh, cannot then also exist within this same type of a relationship between people, between an activity, between uh, an item uh, and, a, and a person. Um, and so we had various cases uh, in the Gemara. So the Gemara originally had, quote, just mentioned a dispute between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yossi. Uh, there was a case uh, that had to do with our Mishnah in which the two brothers marry two sisters. So if two brothers marry two sisters, there are two different reasons why there's a prohibition to marry the sister-in-law. One is because it's your brother's wife. The other one is because it is your wife's sister. Uh, and if you hold in Isser Chalal Isser, uh, that you cannot have a second prohibition on top of a first, so then the prohibition would just be uh, whatever is what, whichever marriage took place first. Uh, so let's say if Shimon married... Leah first, so then he's prohibited to Rachel, to Leah's sister, because it is his wife's sister. So that was one example that was given in the Gemara. The Gemara then continued to explain other examples as well, uh, other disputes, really, and our Gemara now will analyze those disputes. And so the Gemara discussed three different ca- three different cases. Uh, the first case that it discussed uh, was a case of a czar, a Yisroel, who is not allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash, and he served in the base of Mikdash, but not only did he serve in the base of Mikdash, but he also served in the base of Mikdash on Shabbos. And so there is a dispute as to whether or not he violated one or two prohibitions. According to one opinion, according to Rebichia, he violated two prohibitions. One is the fact that he served in the base of Megdash, even though he's not a Kohen. And the second one is that he also violated Shabbos, which in general, for a Kohen, he's allowed to violate Shabbos in the base of Megdash, but for a non-Kohen, they are not allowed to violate Shabbos in the base of Megdash. Bar Kapara held that no, uh, that there's only one prohibition, that there's only the prohibition of serving in the base of Megdash as a non-Kohen, as a Yisrael, but there is no prohibition of uh, serving of the fact that he violated Shabbos. That is uh, dispute number one. Dispute number two was discussing a case of a Balmum, a Kohen, who is a blemished Kohen. He has some sort of blemish which uh, puzzles him, which he becomes uh, no longer able to serve in the base of Megdash. And so he, he does serve in the base of Megdash. He violates this prohibition and he serves in the base of Megdash. Not only does he have a Balmum, not only is he a Balmum, is he a blemished Kohen, but he also does so in the state of impurity. And so again, according to Rebichia, the same two opinions, Rebichia says uh, that he violates two prohibitions, the fact that he's a blemished Kohen and the fact that he served in a state of impurity. And Bar Kapara argues and says that, no, there's only one violation. There's only the violation of the fact that he's a blemished Kohen, but not the fact that he served in a state of impurity. Uh, because, And the reason for that is because a Kohen who is is able to serve in the base of Mikdash, can serve in a state of impurity when it comes to a korban tzibar, when it comes to a communal offering. And so therefore he's not in violation, uh, even though uh, the current Kohen is a Balmum, he's somebody who's a blemished Kohen, 
But still, and when it comes to the fact that he's bringing a carbon seber, a communal offering, so therefore he does not violate the violation of, of bringing the korban in a state of impurity. That is case number two. Case number three is again a czar. It is referring to a Yisrael who eats the korban, but not just any korban, but specifically a korban, a sacrifice that was a bird offering. And this bird offering does not have a regular shechita done. It doesn't. It's not kosher in the regular sense, but it has malika, which is through it with a nail and not uh, in the normal way that one performs shechita. And so, therefore, there's a question or not. He's not allowed to eat the korban because he's a Yisrael. He's not a kohen, uh, but it, is he also viewed as not eating kosher? And so, but Rebbechia again says that he violates both prohibitions, and Bar Kapara says no, he only violates one. He only violates the prohibition of uh, the fact that he's a Yisrael and eating the food of a Kohen, but not the violation of eating non-kosher. And those are three pro- three disputes. The Gemara does say that uh, they a uh, they were very certain about their position because each one took a shvua, they took an oath that they were correct. Uh, but also b this was not just their position, but they were also quoting from the same person. They were quoting both from their Rebbe, from their teacher. Uh, who was Rebbe, and they both are quoting from him, and they seem to have a very serious dispute uh, between each other. And so the Gemara is now going to try to understand what exactly is the source of their dispute. And part of their discussion, part of the discussion of the Gemara, as we will see in future recordings, is not just what are they arguing about, but how could they argue about this and also take an oath, such a serious oath, that they are correct. It must be that somebody uh, misunderstood their Rebbe, their teacher, and therefore they came to a certain conclusion. And so therefore their dispute has to not just be any dispute, but it has to be a dispute which also could lend itself towards a misunderstanding, or at least not just a misunderstanding, but perhaps even that their Rebbe, their teacher, was explaining one position to one person in the name of one rabbi, but in the name of a different rabbi to another person. And so therefore, their dispute cannot just be any dispute, but it has to be within certain uh, other positions, as we will see within Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon. It connects to the other topic of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon when it comes to their dispute about Ein Isr Chalal Isr, about one prohibition, whether or not a prohibition could exist on top of a pre-existing prohibition, as we will see in the Gemara. The Gemara will make things a bit clearer. Just a little bit more of an introduction is that within the position of Ein Chal Isser, that one prohibition cannot exist if there's already a pre-existing prohibition, as we mentioned in last week's recording, there are three exceptions to this rule. There's Isser Mosef, Isser Kolel, and Bebas Achas. Isser Mosef is when uh, there is now... For this person, an additional prohibition. So let's say, for example, if Shimon marries Leah, and then Ruvain, Shimon's brother, marries Rachel, and then Ruvain dies, uh, or whatever the case is, even if he's alive, really, technically. Uh, so uh, Shimon, with regards to Rachel, once he married Leah, so he's prohibited to Rachel because it's his wife's sister. Now that his brother also married Rachel, so Rachel now becomes prohibited not just to Shimon, one of the brothers, but she, she becomes prohibited to 
all of her husband's brothers. And so now she has the identity of uh, the brother's wife with regards to all the other brothers. So she will have that identity also with regards to Shimon as well. So that is Isser Mosif. Isser Kolel is when uh, the prohibition exists. The second prohibition exists within other contexts, as we will see in the Gemara in a minute. It exists within other contexts, so then it'll also, once it exists, so then it'll also include the context that we are discussing. So we will see that in the Gemara in a minute, exactly how that works. And then Babas Achas means that both prohibitions, they take place at the exact same time. They really, they, they begin at the exact same time. And if they begin at the exact same time, so then that is a third possible exception. It doesn't mean that it's an automatic exception, but it's a possible exception that both prohibitions w- would apply if they happen at the exact same time. Okay. So now, let's see the Gemara with that introduction. What do they argue about? What are these three different disputes? The three different disputes that we mentioned before between Ruchia and Bar Kapara. What exactly are they arguing about? So the Gemara gives one suggestion. They will try to explain and analyze that suggestion. They will reject it and then give a second suggestion. So the Gemara says, That their argument is within what Rebbe understood within Rabbiosi. That everyone agrees that in, in this stage of the Gemara, that according to Rabbiosi, that you cannot have a second prohibition exist if there's, a, if there's already a first prohibition. They argue about whether Rabbiosi holds of the exception of Isr Kolo, of this concept of Isr Kolo, where the prohibition, this new prohibition exists, but in other contexts, and therefore it also will, will also now exist within the context that we are discussing, as we will see in the Gemara. Rebbechia says that according to Rebiosi, this is an exception to the rule. The second prohibition will now exist. Bar Kapar says that within Rebiosi, it will not exist. That it, the second prohibition will not exist. My Isr Kolo Ikahacha. So what does it mean, Isr Kolel, in these cases, in these three cases? So the Gemara explains. Bishlama, I understand that the first case, Zarme. Again, the first case is where a Yisroel, a non-Kohen, serves in the base of Mikdash on Shabbos. So there's for sure the prohibition to serve in the base of Mikdash. And for this non-Kohen, Shari he was allowed to do Shabbos activities on Friday. Before Shabbos came on Friday, he was allowed to do Shabbos activities. He was not allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash. Now comes Shabbos, also the Shabbos. Migu to come mitzvah, but malachit, mitzvah nami ba'avodah. So now there's the concept of Isr Kolo. What is the idea of Isr Kolo? Now that Shabbos comes, it's prohibited for him to do any activity that's prohibited on Shabbos, not just activity which involves service in the base of Mikdash. So once that exists, the concept of Shabbos exists to this person with regards to other uh, labor which is prohibited. So now it also becomes prohibited for him to serve in the base of Mikdash. At least this is what's called Isr Kola, because now the second prohibition, it exists in other contexts, i.e. all the other prohibitions of Shabbos. So then maybe it'll also include this prohibition of serving in the base of Mikdash. According to Rabbi Chia, says that Rabbi Yossi holds of this exception to say that there is a second prohibition. Bar Kapara says that there is no exception and there is no second prohibition. Similarly, in the second case, Baal Mum, again, the second case is where there's a blemished Kohen who serves not just as a blemished Kohen, but also in the state of impurity. So Meikara, as a blemished Kohen, Shari Bachili, who is a Kohen who has a blemish, he's not allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash, but he's allowed to eat from the Korbanos. He's allowed to eat from the sacrifices that are designated for Kohanim. So he's allowed to eat from those parts of the, of the offerings that are given to Kohanim. But Vasar Bavoda, he's also prohibited to serve in the temple. <coughs> now he Tamele. 
now that it becomes impure, once it becomes impure, the second prohibition, if a coin becomes impure, not only is he not allowed to serve in the temple, but he's also not allowed to eat from the sacrifice. So once the second prohibition exists with regards to a different realm, with regards to the fact that he's not allowed to eat the sacrifice because he's impure, so now it should also, that's the concept of Isra maybe it should also exist with regards to the fact that he cannot serve in the temple and that this second prohibition should exist. And again, that's the dispute between Rebbechia and Bar Kapara with regards to this second case. The Gemara asks, but the third case, this third case, Ela Malika, when it comes to this third case of Malika, again, this third case is where a non-Kohen eats from an, a bird offering which was slaughtered by Malika, uh, and this prohibition of a non-Kohen to eat uh, from from a from an offering that they're not allowed to eat from. So that happens uh, right away um, at the time of the slaughter. At the time of the slaughter, at that point in time, they're not allowed to eat. Uh, they're certainly not allowed to, as a non-Kohen, they're not allowed to eat from the sacrifice. And also, it might also be viewed as not kosher because malika is a different type. It's not the regular shechita. It's not the regular slaughtering for a kosher animal. It's done with the nail for a bird offering. So they might also be eating non-kosher. Now, in that case, the Gemara says, by Malika, He said, in that case, there is no Isr Kolol. There is no concept of an Isr Kolol in, in that third case. So the dispute between these two people, between Ruchia Bar Kapara, cannot be about Isr Kolol, because the third case does not discuss the case of Isr Kolol. Now, the Gemara says, No, maybe, though, they could be discussing a different case. They're right. They're not discussing the exception about Isr Kolol, but they could be discussing discussing the exception of Bebas Achas, the fact that it's happening at the exact same time. And so the Gemara just said that with regards to this third case, by the third case, you could have it happen at the exact same time. How could you have it happen at the exact same time? Because it generally does happen at the exact same time. At the point in time where you, you do the Malika, where you uh, slaughter the animal in not the normal way, but with with a nail. So at that very moment, both prohibitions exist at the exact same time. What does that mean? At that moment that you do the malika, now the, the non-Kohen is not allowed to eat from the korban, from the sacrifice, as a non-Kohen. He's not allowed to eat from the from the uh, sacrifice or the bird offering. And also, at that point in time, that's when uh, the bird died, and it might not be viewed as kosher food for the, for the non-Kohen. The Kohen can certainly eat it, but for the non-Kohen, it might not be viewed as kosher food. And so that all takes place at the same exact time. So since it takes place at the same exact time, this could be an exception to the rule to say that both prohibitions apply. And that could be the dispute between Rebbechia and Bar Kapara. According to Rebbechia, within Rebbechia, there will be two prohibitions because it happens at the same time. According to Bar Kapara, there will only be one prohibition. There will only be one prohibition even though it happens at the exact same time. So the Gemara says, okay, fine. They argue about Basachas, Valiba de Rebbechia. They argue about what happens at the same, at the, what happens when both prohibitions ex- uh, begin at the exact same time that Rebbechia Savar, Rebbechia Savar, Rebbechia Savar, Tarti. Ubar Kapar Savar, Rebbechia Savar, that according to Rebbechia, there are two prohibitions according to Rebbechia. According to Bar Kapar, there's only one. But in the first two cases, where how could we come up with a scenario where both prohibitions happen at the exact same time? So the Gemara now reviews the first two cases. So the first case was Zar Shashimish Bishabbos. Again, the very first case of their dispute, the first dispute, was talking about a case where Yisrael, a non-Kohen, serves in the base of Mikdash on Shabbos. 
And now, how does that happen at the exact same time that the, those prohibitions begin at the exact same time? They exist at the exact same time. So where it says, I could come up with a case, it applies for somebody who becomes an adult. They become a halachic adult where the laws apply to them on Shabbos. In order to become a halachic adult, they have to grow two pubic hairs. So let's say they grew the two pubic hairs on Shabbos. At that point in time, when they become an adult, so both prohibitions exist at the exact same moment. They begin at the exact same moment. He becomes an adult as a non-Kohen at that very moment. So the laws of Shabbos apply because it happened on Shabbos. And he's not allowed to perform in the base of Mikdash. He's not allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash uh, in the temple as a non-Kohen. So that exists at the exact same time because he becomes an adult on Shabbos. The Gemara says also, for the Balmum, Balmum Nami, the second case, again, the second case is a blemished Kohen who also is in a state of impurity. How does the, how does the Kohen uh, be, get a blemish and he's in a state of impurity at the exact same time? The Gemara gives two explanations, two scenarios. Let's say um, he is a person who is impure, he's in a state of impurity, uh, and he has a blemish, and in that state of impurity, he grows two, two pubic hairs. So at that very point in time, he becomes an adult. At that point in time, the prohibitions exist. Before that, they do not exist. And so at that very point in time, he the prohibitions of a blemish Kohen uh, bringing an offering and an, uh, a Kohen who is in a state of impurity bringing an offering, they both exist, they start at the exact same time, at the point in time where he becomes an adult. At that very point in, point in time, those two prohibitions, at that point in time, uh, exist. That's when they start. Another uh, option is, One way of a Kohen becoming a blemished Kohen is if he cuts his finger off. A Kohen, not if he cuts his finger off, but if his, his finger, if a finger does, uh, doesn't exist, that if, if it was cut off. And so, uh, another example would be, let's say it's cut off by a knife that was impure. Uh, so one of his fingers is cut off by a knife that, that was impure. So that impure knife then makes his, his touches his finger. And that very moment where it touches the finger and uh, cuts off the finger, uh, so he becomes impure. And at that very moment, he becomes a blemished Kohen. And so it, both things happen at the same exact time. Him becoming impure and becoming a blemished Kohen happen at the exact same time. And so therefore, both prohibitions have the possibility of existing at the exact same time. It does exist at the exact same time. According to Rebichia, therefore, both prohibitions now exist. According to Barakapara, no, only one of the two exists. So we could come up with various cases within all three different disputes of a case of Bebasachas, where the prohibitions exist at the exact, they start at the exact same time. And so therefore, there's the possibility that, according to Rebiosi, there are really two prohibitions in all three different uh, disputes. And that's what the Gemara says. Uh, that's the conclusion of the Gemara for this recording. I just want to add one more comment, which is just an interesting point, that the Gemara says that once the child uh, has becomes a halachic adult, at that point in time, that's when the prohibitions begin. All of a sudden, that's when they begin. Oh, that's when all the prohibitions begin. If, they, if he becomes an adult on Shabbos, all the laws of Shabbos begin at that point in time, in addition to other laws as well. It's just interesting because there's a, a big discussion about a child, does a child, is it viewed as though he has certain prohibitions? It's just that he cannot get punished for those prohibitions because he's a child? Or is the idea that 
just the prohibitions don't exist at all for a child. And this Gemara seems to imply that the prohibitions just don't exist at all. It's not just that they exist, but there's no punishment, but it seems to be that they don't exist at all. Okay, we will continue with the Gemara in the next recording.